I'm Leanne and you are listening to From the Heart. I have resigned from my profession, which was midwifery, and I have decided to speak openly about why. Because having conversations has the power to change so many things. I hope that you have a great listen. I'm so excited to introduce you to uh, my guest. Um, He is um, Dallas Alexander. He is a father of four. He has uh, two teenagers, a three-year-old, and a baby. We know each other because I was um, the midwife to his partner um, when she was delivering his third, Gigi. And um, when Sarah suggested that I have Dallas on my podcast, when I was asking for um, if someone wanted to be on my podcast to um, discuss being a birth a birth partner, um, that was that was a hell yes. <laughs> um, Dallas, for many reasons, not only because of how he showed up for Gigi's birth, but also because of who he is. Dallas is. Um, he is now a musician. He travels the world um, to for his music. Um, he was um, previously in the military and he left because of autonomy. He left because his core said, I'm going to stand up for myself. And this was really expansive for me because of the process that I'm going through with having left my career. Um, he has already done it before. So um, this is showing me that um, it's possible to be successful um, when we stand up for what our heart is screaming. And so um, I hope that this podcast episode is just as inspiring to you. Um, And I hope that you enjoy. Hey, Dallas, thanks for being on my podcast. Um, so things I want to discuss with you are, um, your birth that you've had with Sarah or with your previous partner. Um, I loved how you showed up, um, at Gigi's birth. And I saw there's a lot of men who, or are partners who just don't know, um, they can, they can feel anxious or they don't know how to show up the best way that they can. And so I'm wondering if you have, um, advice or um, anything that helped you show up confidently in the moment where it's not something that you do every day it's just it's something that you had to show up for because because of love Mm -hmm. um for me a big part of it was like seeing how sarah prepared Mm -hmm. and we we prepared together like reading books and you know having conversations and going back and forth about what we wanted and what we didn't want that was a big part knowing that she was prepared. I saw her preparing. I saw her like watching what she ate, how she trained, what she filled her, her mind with. And that gave me a lot of confidence to Mm -hmm. just be there how she needed me to. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was, that was kind of part one was the preparation. And then there was like, so this was the first one, like you said, I had two kids before they were at Mm -hmm. They were both born in the hospital. This one was a little bit different, but the preparation outside of like, okay, how far away are the hospitals? What kind of response time? 
I actually drove the routes to see like how long it would take me, knowing yeah. that I could also speed that up a little bit. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it was the preparation beforehand. Yeah. Um, watching her prepare and then being prepared with stuff we wanted to bring, uh, having music and the lighting how we wanted it. Yeah. That was the before preparation. Uh, then going into it was just trying to be present with Sarah. I knew she was prepared. I knew she could do it. I had complete faith in her. And that made it very easy. Mm -hmm. How long was her entire labor? Because with me, it was really short. Yeah, I th it was a while. She was, I don't remember all the time. She was um, in labor, right? Or having contractions. I don't know the clear cutoff line, but having contractions for like, I think it was like a day and a half mm -hmm. before we finally drove over to the birthing center to yeah. see you. Yeah. Did you feel calm throughout that? long process did you feel like it was long uh like she probably felt like it was longer yeah. I, yeah i was pretty i was pretty chill um again i just felt like she was prepared and ready and we were ready mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah it wasn't too stressful i don't know yeah this is also during just for the context of the listener this is also during the time of covid so you couldn't even come to the appointments yeah that's right yeah yeah mm -hmm. About that. <laughs> <laughs> I met you at yeah, the birth. That's yeah. True, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, like it sounds like you were able to put a lot of trust in Sarah and and kind of follow her guidance through her intuition or whatever guides her. And then you did the things to that would make you feel confident. So you like the the more practical things rather than in, than the inward things. So, so like driving before and like the things that would make your brain more at ease because you knew before yeah, the day. That's right. Yeah. Um, is there anything that like, so during that long process of, of birth with, which was really normal for Sarah, it's normal to have a day and a half long labor. Um, are there things that you did for yourself during that time? Like um, eight <laughs> and like, remind yourself to sleep or? Yeah, we, the, the, I think the first night that they started, I got some sleep, but I was also timing them. And I was trying to get her to get some sleep in between, mm -hmm. uh, in between the contractions. Um, I, I felt like my responsibility was just like all the stuff we read and prepared for, just like keep her reminded of it sort of thing, yeah. you know, like being there and like, just like, you know, breathing was a part of it, feeling like this sense of opening all the things like we had read about now she was in it. So I want to just be like, hopefully a calm reminder of like, here's something we learned. Remember to try that, you know, right. um, and sleeping in between contractions is one of the things like, I, I can't remember where we read it or maybe it came from you, but it's mm. like, get rest while you can because mm -hmm. you're about to, you're about to get into something that'll probably be pretty uh, intense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, the thing that you're you're really known for is how you stand up for your own autonomy and how you've showed up in the last few years. And so like just what I see ex other than you is just that like the people who had to leave the healthcare that my colleagues who've had to leave their job or they feel like they were trash. And um, I'm just wondering what helps you um, not feel so uh reactive and feel like you're really grounded in the decision that you're making for yourself yeah well i think it was a lot of different things so the, 
a decision like that, so coming down to something like, you know, a medical product or a medication that is being recommended for me, it's, I feel like that is my decision always should be. And for me, always will be. <clears throat> but I just, I, I couldn't see it any other way. If, if I, let's say I was like, you know, peer pressured into it or like some, and I know lots of people were because it was a very interesting and crazy thing. Like, oh, you can't work here anymore if you don't decide to do this or you can't travel or you can't do this. You can't go see a family member at whatever, in the hospital or at a sporting event. Um, so there's a lot of pressure, but for me, I, I just, I would not be able to do it because of peer pressure or something that I didn't agree with. Mm -hmm. That is where I would feel like trash after. Mm -hmm. I know that for sure. Um, and I, I, like going through all of it, I, I tried to keep an open mind. Like I was never, when, when, you know, COVID first came into the news and it was like, there's this thing spreading around, you know, I was like, okay, what kind of information is coming out? And is there a way to get both sides of information? Not just the stuff that comes on the news. Cause most of that I disregard. Mm -hmm. um, but just like, where can we find a mix of everything right off the bat? I was like, okay. I am not in the demographic that I'm seeing that is really harmed by this. To me, it seems more like a flu for someone relatively healthy, relatively young. Um, and I just kind of stayed with that. I'm like, until this changes, like until there's some big threat on my health, I feel like I don't want to. Like it was, it was this shot specifically quickly developed, all these different things. We don't really know too much other than the changing narrative on the news. It's like, oh, it's going to stop everything in its tracks if you get this. Okay, wait a minute, there's some breakthrough cases. Well, it's not really meant to stop the spread. Well, it's just meant to keep your symptoms down. And the changing narrative, I'm like, okay, that doesn't sit well with me. I'm just going to continue to look at it. And I got COVID and everyone, everyone got COVID. Everyone's vaccinated. Everyone's not vaccinated got COVID. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that bad. And I'm completely fine sitting here. Mm -hmm. And I think arguably, although natural immunity was like <laughs> a curse word for a while, I think it really is something. And so... It was like just trying to take in as much information as I could with an open mind though. Like I was, I, I didn't really have any type of agenda right off the start other than I will make my own decision. Um, and then I'm glad I did. And now on the, on the tail end of everything, looking at, you know, the, the company I've kept for lack of a better term that did the same thing or, or people that regretted it. Like I know zero people that have regretted declining the vaccine. Well, yeah. I don't know mm -hmm. a single person that is like, oh, I really wish I took the vaccine when I was getting pressured. I know a shitload of people that wish they didn't take it. Right. So that kind of at the end as everything settles speaks volumes. Mm -hmm. Do you have a feeling or like how does your intuition work for you? How did you come up with this? Like, Because it's a big decision to lose yeah, your job. I think it depends on a lot of things. So and it, it's like small building blocks of my entire 40 year old life. I've done a bunch of things and a bunch of different situations in my life where I didn't, I didn't show up the way I think I should, or I may have like, um, put my own integrity or authenticity aside to people please in a decision. And then like thinking about it later, I'm like, that's not me. Like, why would I, I should be the same person, no matter who's there kind of thing. It's just learning lessons through life as a mm -hmm. young man, as a young kid. And like, mm -hmm. just trying to keep tabs on, okay, 
was that me in that decision? You know, like it's just peer pressure in school and then you're young. You're like, there's just, I've tried to keep tabs on that. Like, where right. am I acting? Where am I acting versus where am I being authentically me? Right. And try to just keep it the same everywhere. You know, yeah. it's easy to get influenced by, you know, whether it's someone you admire or someone you look up to or a celebrity or all these things like, oh, I, yeah, I do kind of want to do that. But I think if you just really assess, you'd be able to figure out, like, if that's you, that's you, and if not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that space between the two is where a lot of people have, uh, like, stress or anxiety. Yeah. It's like when you are acting differently than you you feel you should be or you know you should be, your body's going to tell you in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And when, like, the most content and peaceful I've been in my life is when I'm just being me authentically no matter who is pressuring or asking or whatever it is Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) but what i what i am seeing and what i'm learning is just that there's a lot of external influences on how to exercise and how to eat and how to um just live our life and how we spend our money and the the more that I'm kind of watching and doing what feels right for me. It's really not what's out there and what people say to do. Sometimes it is coming and going, getting advice from someone that you you feel confident in your your intuition has led you to that person um, for a reason. Um, but um, kind of like you, it's always coming back to to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's powerful. Like most of the things that you mentioned, if you've follow the trail far enough it leads to money it leads to a dollar value for somebody right a nutrition plan an exercise routine the recommendations yeah the recommendations yeah. the food pyramid everything whether it's government or an individual business owner at some point is that marketing funnel that leads back to you giving your dollars away and like social media does everywhere the new every every, right. every screen you turn on is directing you in a way to spend your money give your money or have someone take your money from you. And if you look at it like that, you're like, okay, I, I need to find what works for me mm-hmm. because everyone else out there, even if they genuinely want to help, there's still a dollar value bias behind a decision or a product or a, like you, or you name it, a workout plan, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. It's money. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I love how you show up Dallas and it's really beautiful and inspiring. Um, that's why you have so many followers, I think, and plus your music, <laughs> which is so great and fun to listen to. <laughs> um, and then, so like a big theme for me, um, because um, creating kind of like a, a better, healthier life for everyone, it always seems to come back to me to creating community. And so what does community mean to you? How, how does it look for you? And how do you maintain it as a father of four with a, like your career where you travel a lot? How do you, how do you do that? Um, so, yeah, I agree. The community is, is very important. Um, it's, and I, but I think it's something that can change too. And I don't think you have to have guilt over that yeah um the last couple of years have been a really good example yeah of you know there's just there's people that i don't you know i'm not in contact with or don't spend time with anymore after the last few years where it just showed certain traits let's say and like it's just not for me so you kind of grow past it or grow apart um 
but community is important. And I, I, this is one of the, the blessings, I guess, of social media is that you can have a solid online community um, and you can have it be genuine, even though it's like it's through an app and sometimes it's just a person's picture or video or whatever. Uh, but if, if you connect with them, like I, I've met so many people in real life that I've connected with just through a social media app mm -hmm. um, and it's been great. Now there's a bunch of there's a bunch of downsides to social media, like everybody yeah. knows, as long yeah. as you can balance them. And then community, like in real life to me, is like my, my friends and my family. It's again, the time that I spend with people varies because like you're saying, music is my new career and it's very, very busy. So I, I put everything into almost like priority chunks and like at the top of it is my family and being present mm -hmm. in the moments with them and not feeling rushed when I'm like just playing with the kids on the floor or we're having dinner. But then the next is like, I'm very focused on music. So yeah, I, I'm saying no to a lot of things, you know, and if there's a really close friend in town or something, I'm like, okay, yeah, let's have a coffee and I'll be there and I'll be present. But when it's over, then I'm back to work and I kind of have blinders on and I don't in the last little while. Anyway, I, I was thinking about this, like, I don't sit there and just like reach out to old friends and spend all this time chatting, messaging and online just because I'm very focused on music. But the people in my community also know that. And it's like we get our quality time and then, you know, there's not a lot of like <laughs> wasted time in between. Yeah. Um, I'm really Sarah and I were talking about this the last like week or so, just like really dialing in my like ours as a household team and like for me productivity without wasting time in between so i'm like it's family time i'm there in presence family time now it's work time the things in between and mindless scrolling and this and that and taking forever on decisions like i'm not about any of that um but then in the in the background when i you know when i need someone or if someone really needs me like i'm there and that's what the community is and i think yeah. it it doesn't always have to be you're on the phone all day with all of your friends and family. Sometimes it's it's time to buckle down and, and get to work on whatever you're passionate about. And then sometimes it's time to chill out and have dinner with everybody. Yeah. I love how you say that family is the first thing on your priority list because I um, the way I see it is that children and family are abundance. And, you know, money is just one type of abundance. And it's not the yeah. – it's not what – creates happiness um depending how we use it right and um and we've seen that because we've we've seen loneliness be a big part of our lives in the last few years and how it's affected different people and the people who've had the people that they were able to come to are the ones who are doing the best yeah 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 it's it's an interesting thing to be like to be divided or not even divided just like separated from, yeah. from humans and people people you care about and being told you can't and then like i don't know i didn't really listen to any of that so i, I wasn't as affected yeah but like you know the people that followed all of the rules there were people that were alone yeah for long chunks of time yeah and afraid and terrible. even even there were rules where they're like go and reach out to people it's important and then they were so afraid yeah. that they didn't yeah yeah, yeah. Loneliness and fear. Yeah. <laughs> two great ways to spend your time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to say? Is there like anything um, that you think um, is you and makes you you and, and might inspire other people? that I didn't think of asking you about? Um, inspiration. I, uh, that you show up like that on social media, like you show up as just yourself and really genuine. I try to, yeah. yeah. I think, I don't know, the, the most inspiring, but also not what some people want to hear probably is like it's something that I tell myself and yeah. it's just to continue growing like mm -hmm. you are going to mess up uh your whatever your nutrition plan your workout plan you you know whatever your your next thing you're trying to do to be better whether it's read more tell the truth all the time act the same in front of everybody all these things you're you're going to at some point deviate from your like ultimate goal probably and you're probably going to do it again and again and again and again. But like, just if your if your goal is to stay open minded, your goal is to stay true to yourself. Your goal is to keep on growing, just getting back up to learn. Like, it's going to happen fewer and fewer times, and you're going to see, like, you just slowly get further and further down that path, and then it becomes harder and harder to fall off, and it'll take something new, and then you got to relearn that lesson, and then it's just but it, it takes you putting in a little bit of work. <laughs> like you have to, yeah. you have to come back to it and you have to, you know, forgive yourself yes. and get back on and, and do it again and do it again. And this next the re new year's resolution is not going to be the time probably where you become, you know, Mr. Olympia from wherever you're at without any falter in between. Like let yourself it, have mistakes. Yeah. Like yeah. growth should be the goal relentlessly pursued versus like some version of perfection or like this this end point of like yeah this dollar value or this body composition or this whatever that really okay. yeah that really um i can see you clearer when you say that i think it's really nice um uh, and I, when we were when you were answering that question i was like oh let's talk about the fear of scarcity what we were talking about before we recorded oh, yeah. and how you grew up um we were saying how uh, you grew up differently than a lot of us and and what um and i think that it built resilience in you um so how did you grow up <laughs> i grew up in a metis settlement in alberta um and what we were talking about before is just like financially we were not well off like there's there was a lot of times where like we were quite poor um and what we were talking about for context is one of the houses that we lived in when I first moved to fishing, like had no power or water, like running water. There was a well outside that we had to go pump water. And then my mom cooked on like a wood stove, but it, I enjoyed it. Like there, there's no part of that where I felt like I was longing for us to have more money or something. Do you yeah. know, like I didn't even, I had I lived out in nature and, I had a loving family and like we had like I was not like starving for days and I was like we're too poor or whatever like but we just use what we had and I always now like now I'm not I'm not afraid to be poor I'm not, like if, if yeah. I lost all of my money all right. this, whatever it is that we we attach ourselves so much to yeah like, we'll be fine yeah. and then on the flip side people work their whole lives to be able to like 
buy an off-grid house in the middle of the forest. And I'm like, I had that right off the start. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's an interesting perspective. But yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I like some of the freedoms that money can offer, but it's not the only way to get those. And I don't know. I did. I have a different opinion. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. And that, that conversation has expanded me because I've, I've like, I haven't, I've never been poor. And what I'm doing right now is creating a lot of fear in me. And, um, it's just, it's really nice to hear that abundance shows up differently and, and that joy comes from just being again with people and, um, so like, and, and we just live in a culture where we're so afraid of not having enough money. And even when we have a lot of money, there's still that fear. Yeah. It's nonstop fear. And that's the part that should be the biggest, like signal to people is think about, like, I think about it when I was growing up and like if I was ever given a $20 bill, it was like, Oh my God. It was like the, the most amount of money. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like I had friends that they have like a hundred dollars. Like what is that? Um, to getting like my first job and you're like, you know, you a couple hundred dollars and it's got here and it's gone. And I'm like, trying to get a car, but I can. And like, and then to now I'm just some 40 in a, in a different place, but there's there's people that have the same journey through work through saving now they have this now they have now they have some thousands in the bank or hundreds of thousands or millions in properties and things and it's like it's still not enough so the chase mm-hmm. of like i need more just that proof should be enough to give your head a shake a little bit and be like okay perhaps i have the wrong perspective like i have so much now and it's still not enough like what is enough what's the number where i'll just finally be secure with money it's probably not there which is why people get to hundreds of millions and billions and they just keep needing more and more um i I think it's good to manage your money properly i think it's good to be financially literate and learn about it and how you know how money works and being an entrepreneur works and compound interest even a little bit in the stock market all this stuff it's all good and it's good to use your money and have it work for you Mm -hmm. all of that stuff is good Mm -hmm. but like to live in fear because you might lose some of it or you might not have it one day or you need more to feel secure. I don't agree with that. Yeah. It's an abundant universe yeah. no matter how you yeah. And it, it um, we can see that it keeps people out of integrity because of like needing to oh. do something specific, which is so much time. What we do for work is so much time. Um, like having to keep doing that thing for money. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting. So like, I think, I think it's a good quality or characteristic. So for thinking about children now, so I have two boys that are teenagers and two that are very young and, you know, inevitably we'll be passing on guidance in the way we think that life works or goes. And I'm, I'm, I'm good with them getting one job, two job, five jobs to, to use that money to fuel or invest in whatever they're passionate about to get themselves to a point like that they can use those funds to pursue what they're passionate about until their passion becomes their job and their income and their right to whatever lifestyle they they seem like they want to have i just the 
forever like and it's just a perspective change so people that go to work hate their jobs come home dread it all week now i have a weekend off to do what i want to do and then do it again that does not seem like a fantastic life yeah. for me yeah but the same person in the, or sorry a different person in the same exact position can say oh i'm going to work right now i would rather be doing something but this is giving me the opportunity to take these finances and invest in a dream I have, right? something I can do. I'm into woodworking. I'm going to work really hard so that I can launch my passionate woodworking program or mm. whatever. Just mm. a new podcast, mm -hmm. music. Like I I'm fueled. This fuels my fire. I Me mean, going to work and digging whatever road construction all day long. Because when I get home, I get to use those resources and build my own business or build my own plan or mm -hmm. build my own path that I like. Yeah. And it's really two people in the same position mm -hmm. with just a different perspective right it's it's the fear versus money versus using the money for yourself yeah because yeah. one fires you up and one makes your life miserable yeah <laughs> like you know yeah that was really that was really nice i <laughs> i love having conversations with you i love talking about even cars with you <laughs> and i don't like talking about cars <laughs> um uh, but thank you so much dallas thanks for having me yeah <laughs> thank you so much for listening um dallas is a country singer um i'm gonna post his website and maybe a few links to his music he's on spotify and a few other ones um he was also on a podcast he was on the sean ryan show and that podcast went viral he was speaking about his experience in the military and then his experience leaving the military. And then the feds came in and censored it. And so um, it's back online because it was recorded in the United States um, and lots of, you know, lots of process in between that to get it back online. Um, so if you are interested in that process, it's there. And uh, Sarah and I are making a, we're, we're um, putting together um, an episode on how she prepared for birth and um, her perspective of how Dallas showed up and that kind of thing. So that's coming. Um, yeah, so I hope that you have a wonderful day. <laughs>